Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right race fans let's get rowdy the next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only racing from the third tracks for carolinas the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. And absolutely a good morning to you here on Monday morning today, weekend after the big races. Guys, we started out at mid-Ohio. You had the Arkham Menards main series there with, uh, we'll have the recordings of all the winners. Tyler Ackman wins at, uh, mid Ohio guys. I guess he was trying to get a little truck, uh, time in the cars before he hits the trucks. And then we had, uh, one of our longtime guests in the truck series. Corey Heim takes it home for the Xfinity Series. Guys, we'll listen to Corey. We also got the Xfinity winner, back-end winners, Victory Lane, John Hunter Nemechek. We're going to finish it up, guys. Four-time winner in the 23 NASCAR season, straight from Atlanta. Some folks say it's not. Uh, a real win if it's a rain out, but you know what? You got to be leading the race to win the race. So, hey, William Byron leads the race and wins it at the end. So everybody knew, hey, everybody knew rain was coming. We're going to start the race. Rain's coming. And, and it did. So, guys, we're going to start off with uh, Tyler and hear how his day went, and we're going to go from there. And we'll uh, listen to Corey Himes. Um, Taylor Kitchen, com, and Above the Line. Uh, when you spun out earlier, did you think you had a car to get back to the front, or were you shocked? Uh, well, so we, after the break, the initial start, I drove it in and almost spun it out in the same spot. Um, and I was on the outside, and that was my first time really on fresh tires, you know, going through the same corner. So I, I was thinking to myself, I'm just going to drive it to the 100, break downshift and turn, it's going to stick. And it did the same exact thing as it did the first time, except for I couldn't hang on to it this time. Um, did I think that I had a really fast car? Yes. Did I think I had the car to make it to the front? No. Um, in the moment, I didn't think that. It wasn't until, man. It wasn't until about a lap or two later I passed one or two cars already, and I could still feel weird when we're coming out of turn two. And I was thinking to myself, I, I've, got, I've got the car to do this. I, I can do this myself. At the least, I'll make it back to the top three. And it was about, I mean, I picked up, what, Matt, what was it in 15 laps? Seven seconds? 
seven or eight seconds, something like that. Um, I mean, in, in order to do that, you, you have to be not only really good on brakes, but you also have to be turning really good and have drive off. I mean, all day long I outbroke those guys by about 100 feet. Um, call that having experience on road courses, but also knowing how to brake. One thing I've really, really worked on on road courses in the past couple years, and I think it's one of the reasons why I've had so much consistency and speed on road courses is that speed's free on entry. You can just outbreak them. You know, it's not like you got to have the tires underneath you to outdrive them, or it's not like you got to turn better. You just have free speed on entry, and if your car can still do all those things, um, it's just a plus. So, and, and my car tonight can do all those things. I'm just very grateful that HRA gave me this opportunity to drive this car So just so I've got this right, uh, that re on the recent where you went off into the uh, kitty litter, you basically just just outbreaked yourself on that. Yeah, I blew the corner, 100%. Um, I 100% blew the corner, um, not really thinking that I was in much danger of doing that because I had done it on the first restart, almost spun myself out, but I was on the top. So I'm thinking, okay, um, I got more grip, so I'll be on the bottom, I'll be in the rubber, and the further you get close to the curb, the less, the left, the less uncambered pavement is. This track's very difficult because most of the corners are uncambered, basically meaning that the pavement's going away from the direction that you're turning. So the closer you get to the corner, you know, the more level and flat it is. Um, so I didn't think I, I didn't think I was going to blow the corner, um, but I did, and I was honestly lucky that I throttled up like I did because I knew if I got stuck, it was game over. I was probably going to lose a lap or two, um, and my race would be done. But I was able to keep the speed in it and just stay in the throttle and, and just kept on doing. All right, thank you. with the uh, RacingTimes.net. Um, Looks like also something that was in your favor was during the break, you know, there's nobody running around, you know, nobody's, looks like they're, you know, under pressure, oh my God, get this, do that, if it was nice and calm. Was that a help on the radio? And also, uh, let me talk about that four wide move, uh, come just back with <laughs> the two car. Yeah, so I, uh, uh, I knew I was gonna take the three wide, I forget who it was. The two car, the 14 and the six, that sounds right. That sounds right, yeah. There's the six cars, the 14, and the two. But I, I didn't see or know the two was slow on the bottom. And they, all those guys, I knew they were going to be breaking before the 500 marker. So I said, I'm going for the 400, and I'm just going to keep this thing wheel, wheel hopping. And I pulled out a line, the 14 breaks, I'm at the door, and I see the two, and I'm like, I'm committed. It's, it's the grass, or it's the grass or the two, because they tires is better than four. So, uh, yeah, no, that, that move really, you know, ended in a positive game for me. And then the, 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 the comments oh, about the Yeah, I mean, I mean, no matter what, you stay calm on the radio. You, you know, if I'm calm, you're calm kind of thing, right? I mean, humans are very animals. When, when one spooks, everybody spooks, right? Um, so I think with John, who's preaching me, John Leonard, um, my team. I, you know, I did have the shipping off. I don't know if you guys are scanning at all, but 
I had the shifter knob about five laps to go. The shifter, the shifter knob back screwed itself off. So I spent the last five laps just basically driving the shaft and just hammering, hammering through the gears as best as I could. And that, you know, gave me a sense of panic because it freaking hurts, man. Well, it shows your hand out. Yeah. Oh, my hand's fine. My hand's fine, but I mean, I knew if I was going to have to go all race long like that, it was going to suck. And I was going to be in serious pain. And John just said, do you think it's still in the car? I said, yeah. All right, it's probably in the floorboard. Someone will crawl in the car and we'll find it. And they did, and we, we duct taped it on, make sure it wasn't going to be back on yet. Yep. And, and, that was it. There's no big deal. They were nice and calm about that. Yeah. Just up to it. Nice and smooth. Nothing crazy. Uh, Anthony Dancott, FrenchCharge.com. Looking ahead to tomorrow, uh, now that you have this win under your belt, gives you and the team confidence, knowing that you guys likely need a win to make the playoffs, how much does track time like today help in terms of getting ready for the race tomorrow? It helps a ton. You know, especially for me as a driver, learning the things that I learned today, whether it came, whether it was about brake fans or braking, or brake biases, um, or even even that those two restarts, I absolutely botched. That's really really good information that I can take home to the motorhome tonight and just reflect and go, okay, if I'm in this position again tomorrow, I know not to drive to the 100 marker because it's not going to stick, regardless of the rubber and what what's underneath the truck or car. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, and then, you know, knowing where to pass, how to pass, um, the, the information that I learned today um, is invaluable that I'll add tomorrow in the truck. One more, sorry. Oh, you're good, I see. Ben Brands from uh, This is your first ARCA start in a little bit, a few years now. Uh, do we expect to see more of you? And I think the biggest question I have is just, you know, this is what kind of a one-off. It seems like did you have fun today? Is basically what I want to know. Oh, I had a blast. Yeah, yeah, I had a blast. I never. It was super fun. I, I wanted to make a comment like with two to go. Like you guys didn't think you were nervous, were you? Like I, I just wanted to make something super narcissistic or conceited. And uh, and I didn't say it because I was like, yeah, I'm kind of white yet, but y'all can still come out. But uh, I hope I, ha I hope it added for a good race on television. If you're that guy that you know. And you're like, all right, race is over. Like, I'm going to bed, and you walk away, and you grab a beer, and you came back, and you're like, where the hell did this next one come back from? So, uh, no, I'm, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe you know, this one does open up more opportunities with HRE in their own ARCA car um, to add more road courses or even just other races to the schedule. I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to run the ARCA race in Phoenix um, or or as another car. Congratulations to Tyler, great young man there. Uh, you know, he's been in trucks a couple of years, and he's, he's had some ups and downs. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just the way it is. Uh, 
Some come a little closer to getting it quicker and some don't. It takes a little longer. But, hey, uh, winning at the road course at Mid-Ohio for uh, ARCA and talking about – you heard him ask about Kansas. So it sounds like he wants to kind of uh, maybe race ARCA when they're at uh, joined together with the Cup cars weekends, like uh, Talladega weekend and Daytona weekend. So uh, our next guest, guest winner this weekend at uh, Mid-Ohio, guys, we've had him on several times, Corey Himes. Nothing but great things going to happen for Corey. This this kid's hard-nosed driver reminds me of some of the old late 60 NASCAR drivers. Uh, looking forward to some great things coming out of this young man. Now joined by the race winner for today's O'Reilly Auto Parts 150, it's Corey Heim, driver of the number 11 Safe Light Toyota for Tricon Garage. Corey, you were able to finish the deal. It has to feel very satisfying on a really challenging day on this race course. Walk us through your race from your perspective. Yeah, I think uh, from my perspective, I, I knew my Tundra Charity Pro was really good in the dry conditions, and um, if I was able to kind of ride around when it was wet and not overstep and lose all the track position that we had from the start. Um, I knew I'd be in a good position to uh, end the race in the dry if that was the case. And uh, fortunately, I made minimal mistakes. I made a couple that cost me a few spots, but nothing that was catastrophic for our, our finish. So uh, we were able to keep that top five track position. And uh, sure enough, when it dried out, we were the fastest truck and we were able to drive to the front. And, um, you know, just all that uh, thanks to Twitter Racing, uh, Track on Garage, and Safe Flight for everything they do. TRD for allowing me to get as much practice as I possibly could before this race. Uh, I certainly needed it, and uh, it paid off. Okay, we'll open the floor for questions. We'll start here with Steve and work our way around. Steve Conley, the podium finished first. I got to ask you, Corey, um, had this race stayed wet, do you feel as confident as you you would be here as if, if it wouldn't have? Uh, I would definitely say I'd be a lot more confident in the dry just because of how fast we were yesterday in practice and qualifying on the pole and whatnot. Um, you know, I think I could have probably pushed it harder in the wet, but it seemed like the Thorsport trucks were just really, really good um, when it was really damp out. Uh, and and the, the more dry it got, the farther back they fell off. And um, I don't know if that's an experience thing on their part, just racing in the rain. And, you know, they've got a lot of laps in trucks. But, um, yeah, I don't know. As soon as it dried out, they kind of faded a little bit. So uh, certainly a lot more confident in the dry. Now walk me through that final restart. Obviously, Zane Smith behind you, he was one of the favorites coming into this race. Um, you were able to get out there in front of him pretty quickly. Walk me through that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Zane and Christian, they're good buddies of mine, and they've always raised me with a lot of respect throughout my career. Um, so I wasn't worried about them, you know, driving through me. Um, there are some people in trucks that will do that, but those two are not, uh, you know, under that category. So um, I had a lot of confidence that, I could drive my line and, and hit my breaking points without worrying about them, you know, running through me and, um, you know, costing me a good finish due to it. So uh, it definitely gave me a little bit of um, a little bit of confidence just to be able to, you know, trust them and what they do and being able to race clean around them through the 2023 season and beyond. So, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, there's always a chance of that just with all the hard breaking zones we have, someone could slip up. But uh, those two guys are some of them that, you know, I, I would trust more than others. And final thing, talking about Zane, obviously he ran second last year, raced Parker for the entire lap side by side. Had he got alongside of you, do you feel you had the truck to hold him off? Yeah, I think we were really the best truck in a lot of places. Um, I could tell just by looking in my mirror at times he was 
a little bit better, but he looked like he just had to push really hard. So I feel like our truck was just overall better than his. But, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, once again, if you go back to just Zane racing me clean and what you saw uh, last year with Parker, I feel like, um, you know, I don't have a lot to worry about, about him running me out track or running through me uh, like you saw yesterday in the ARCA race. So uh, just being able to be confident with him and, you know, once again, just hit my marks and my breaking points and not have to worry about him, you know, running through me or anything like that. Jim? Jim Utter, motorsport.com. A couple things. Corey, uh, out on the on the track, you said something about working hard in the offseason to go from a third place to a first place. Can you just kind of describe a little bit about what that entailed? For sure. I think I was referring mostly to this race. Uh, last year, we were able to qualify in the pole uh, in the wet, and then I kind of just wasn't all there in the dry. So, um, you know, I want to be a winning driver week in and week out, and I feel like last year I was capable of that on uh, most places, but road courses certainly wasn't it. So uh, being able to work with Toyota Racing and TRD and get some simulator time and just doing some personal studying uh, over the long off-season we had and some, some early breaks in the season, just prepping for Coda and then, you know, having a decent race there and knowing that Ohio, a place I'd been to before, was a really good opportunity for us to get our second win. So uh, sure enough, we're, we're here in Victory Lane. And uh, could you describe the conditions a little bit at the beginning of the race? Yeah, for me, it was it was a lot more slick than last year. I don't know if that's setup-induced, but um, it seems like the Thorsport trucks just were able to really carry a lot of center speed and us not so much. And, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like it's maybe an experience thing on their part. They were just really disciplined, and uh, the 98 was driving like, really hard, but I feel like he wasn't ever overstepping it and he never really got off track. So, um, you know, i got to work on my wet racing a little bit, I feel like, but uh, I knew once it dried off, if I, if I stayed disciplined and stayed in the top five, we were the best truck, so uh, just use hats off to Safe Flight Tundra Tudy Pro, or my Safe Flight Tundra Tudy Pro was great, and hats off to Truck on Garage and Toyota Racing. And that's, that was sort of uh, alluded to my final question. Did, uh, do you feel like you, after you look back at, back at the race, were you better once it got completely dry, do you think, or just more comfortable on the track? I think we were really good, yeah. I think um, track position is big for sure, and that's going back to, again, just staying disciplined in the wet and staying in the top five. But, uh, you know, looking at practice times yesterday and qualifying, we were really, really good. So um, I knew if I, if I was able to stay in the top five in the wet, which wasn't easy, I, I made some mistakes and cost us a couple of spots. But, um, once again, nothing, nothing catastrophic to take us out of contention and take us away from stage points. Um, I knew once once stage three started, just knowing the 98 was good, but I knew the 99 wasn't amazing in the dry and the 38 either. So um, as long as I was around those guys, I knew I could beat them. Additional questions from the floor? Go here to Tucker. Uh, Tucker White, SpeedwayMedia.com. Uh, Corey, at the beginning of the race, when the track was so damn, most of the drivers, I don't know if you were one of them, uh, were running uh, offline rather than using the racing line like you would see in any other series. So uh, what exactly was the advantage to doing that? Yeah, most places have um, a lot of rubber buildup in the normal racing line. So when rain and rubber mix, it is very slick compared to uh, just plain asphalt and rain. So, um, you know, it's clear that some drivers in the field learned that today. Um, you know, in the beginning of the race, we had a lot of cautions. But uh, luckily for me, I was able to learn that last year in qualifying um, in the wet and just being able to watch some guys that were really good in, in the past and in the wet here, like some Xfinity races that were run um, and just studying kind of where to run offline and where not to. Um, but the toughest part, in my opinion, was when it started to dry up and you were 
getting confident about running the, the real apexes again, and that's when it got a, a really dicey for me because um, in my mirror I saw a lot of times, I think it was turn one and turn six or seven, it seemed like people thought it was dry, they'd go down there and wash up and wipe somebody out. So luckily we were not the benefactor of that, but um, you know we were able to kind of get more confident throughout the day, and uh, it all goes back to just knowing once it completely dried out, we were the best truck. So uh, I wasn't super daring, and I knew that if we got top five stage points all day and could contend for the win, that was going to be a good day for us, and uh, it worked out really well for us. Any additional questions? Corey, congratulations. Appreciate it. All right, Corey, I'm there. Uh, congratulations, Corey, on your win at Mid-Ohio in the Truck Series. Uh, good to see Craftsman on the side of the truck, guys. I, I, it's been a long time coming. It should have never left. It should have never left. It should have been the long-time sponsor. You know, they, should, they could have set a precedent like Red Farmer and... Uh, Long Lewis Ford. Big shout out to Red a couple of weeks ago racing on dirt. Come in second. He's just 91. <laughs> Amazing guy. I'm telling you. So we're going to uh, move down to the hot, muggy south of Atlanta Motor Speedway in Hampton, Georgia, guys, where they had the Xfinity and the Cup race. And uh, we got our winner for Saturday night racing. Like that Saturday night racing, guys. All right, we are now joined by tonight's NASCAR Xfinity Series race winner, John Hunter Nemechek, driver of the number. Into questions for John Hunter. If you have a question, please raise your hand, and we will get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start with Justin. I Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Um, John, obviously they were having field troubles there in the last clo closing laps, but... Um, with those with those closing laps, if it had gone to green, what was your plan to try to break up that triage of colleague cars? I don't know. Um, <laughs> straight up, I I don't know. Um, they the two chose the top or the ten and sixteen, I think, um, chose the top. And I debated on stacking three top at one point, but I knew that that probably wouldn't win me the race uh, with just two laps to go. And it seems like the bottom can prevail uh, for about three, four laps, and then it starts to dissipate when everyone tries to funnel to the top. So um, I felt like that was my best move to win the race and ended up paying off. If, if it would have went green there, um, I, I don't know if they would have ended up racing side by side. I, I don't know if they would have waited until the last lap to pull out. Um, there's so many different circumstances that could have happened, so I can't really give you a straight answer. The beginning of the race, um, were you surprised at Austin Hill and how fast he had gotten through the whole field and, and was in the top ten that quick? Nope, not one bit. Additional questions? Bob? Of course, Bob raised his hand. Of course, Bob Packers, Fox Sports. I mean, they're telling you don't expect a big push from Hemrick because they figure he's not going to push you by your by their teammates like you're you're on the front row which usually you gotta feel pretty good but did you feel good at all going into that <laughs> overtime I mean I I didn't know um <clears throat> when the 48 picked top and the 11 ended up having to choose the bottom in my opinion though that was the 11 shot to win right if he could push me out and him get clear also that gave us both a shot to win a race yes we ended up prevailing but that was his move that he had to take to win the race right um he's 
needing a win, I think, uh, especially just a walk into the playoffs um, and gain some playoff points. Um, so I knew that they were saying don't expect a, a big push, but who who knows in that situation, right? Um, I feel like I, I believe he's under the Josh Wise program now, um, and there's some things that I learned under the Josh Wise program when I was at Ganassi in 2018 and uh, 2019 um, that he's probably teaching them as well. So um, goes back to restarts and, and trying to execute. All right, let's go back here in the red shirt. Hey, John Hunter, Doug Turnbull for PRN. I heard so many drivers in the, in the Cup Series race during qualify, or Cup Series qualifying talking about the aging of the track, which I was surprised by. And then I just, uh, all night, the, the way I listened to you all talking about the cars, it almost sounded like you were racing old Atlanta with the handling. So d can you just talk about the dynamics since we're only in, like, fourth Xfinity race here? Yeah, so... I think that the surface is aging some, um, but I also think a lot of guys brought a lot of different packages here that weren't necessarily the fastest car in the spring, right? So you can blame it on racetrack. You can blame it on car. Uh, there, there's so many variables that go into it, right? Um, yes, the, the racetrack is going to age. Um, I definitely felt like we were lifting more tonight than we were in the spring. Um, but one thing's for sure, the, the 21 was lights out again, right? So... Um, I, I don't know what they have going on right now uh, as, as far as speedway racing, but I don't think he lifted once. So um, we we got to figure that out. Um, and whoever can do that tomorrow um, in, in the cup race and dial in their setup to be able to push as close as he was able to tonight, to stay in traffic, to be able to make moves like he was, will most likely end up winning the cup race if it goes green. Thank you. Good to Matt. Matt Weaver in the front. Matt Weaver, Sports Not. Uh, kind of similar to Doug's question. As this track kind of starts to age and, and change, do you think there's going to become a time, especially for the Xfinity cars, but maybe even for the Cup cars too, that this becomes less of a kind of a diet super speedway deal and become more of like an insane intermediate? Um yeah, I guess I could foresee that in the future. Um, I don't know with the banking, the load, um, how the racetrack races now. I don't know if you'll ever get away from necessarily the super speedway style racing. Um, I think that it could be a super speedway intermediate, I, I guess you could say, where um, – I guess to put it in a way, I don't ever see NASCAR taking away restrictor plates from us, right, um, for a very long time until it ages quite a bit. Uh, I, I feel like the banking, the loads, how the cars handle, um, I mean, if you came here with a full downforce intermediate car and you didn't have a restrictor plate, you could probably still run wide open um, in an Xfinity car. So um, you would just be hauling the mail, that's for sure. Uh, if you would have asked me that on about lap 60, I would have said no. Um, after the final lap, yes, it is, for sure. Yep. Additional questions? Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. John Hunter. Back in victory lane, guys. Uh, 
Another rain-shortened race, guys in the cup. Our second Sunday night race. What do y'all think about the Sunday night racing? I'd rather sit in the dark, in the cool of night, than the 2.30, 3 o'clock start of the day. It's just too hot. Downside, guys, is uh, getting home late, you know? Do you uh, come to the track a, a day late to stay a day longer? You know, to get back up and be at home on Monday before Tuesday work. I don't know, guys. It's, uh, I like the I like the cooler race at night. I, I am a night fan. I surely am. So uh, we got now four time winner, four times twenty twenty three season, guys. Uh, that still don't make you the champion, that's for sure. Hendrick Motorsports. And we are going to go ahead and jump right into media questions. If you have a media question for Jeff, please raise your hand. Uh, we will be joined by Rudy. We will be joined by uh, Crew Chief Rudy Fugel and William Byron in just a bit, but we'll start with Jeff. We'll start with Justin in the middle here, please. Justin Schuler kicking the tires. We haven't seen Byron win this late in the season, I don't think ever in the Cup Series. So, one, what has it been like to see him grow over the last several years? And not only that, but have four wins, 27 points, 10 points above second in the playoff standings. You guys are showing that you're the ones to beat when it heads to Phoenix. Yeah, you know, it's a long season, right? So when you get a win early in the season, it, it's great because you get that first win. You feel like maybe you've locked yourself into the playoffs, and maybe even you get a, a second win early in the season, and, and you go, okay, you know, we're doing something right here, and it's special. But these summer, you know, races, it, it really tests you. And, and, you know, trying to find the right setups at some of these tracks, as well as your competitors are catching up, it's all about timing and getting there at the start of the playoffs and being, you know, and peaking kind of at, at that point. So you got to give a lot of credit to, you know, our, our folks at Hendrick and, and certainly with William and, and Rudy and what they're doing as a team to uh, to keep the momentum going because they're they're having an incredible season and and I, I I just hope that they can keep that going, you know, into the playoffs because. Uh, you know, I, I really, I, I just see a spark in them this year, just the way they're clicking and communicating the chemistry between, you know, William, Rudy, and, and the whole team is, has been fun to watch and, 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 you know, exciting to see this this kind of blossoming career of, uh, of a young talent and a driver and, and what that might, uh, you know, be able to, to do long into the future. Bob Pockris right here. The first is, you know, William uh, goes down a lap after the wreck with LaJoy. Do you see any difference in his composure to be able to come back from something like that and win a race? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of experience, um, you know, going through the ups and downs of the sport. But I, I think more importantly, it's when you and your team are, are, are you know, clicking and, and things are going well, um, you don't get so caught up in when things are, you know, something bad happens in a race. You go, okay, 
no problem. We've been through this before. We can fight our way back, or let's let's just make the most of the day. And and that's what good high quality teams do, especially ones that that you know have confidence in in what they're doing. And and they just you know you just don't panic. You uh, you, you you stay calm. And and I think even by winning this race, it, that's only going to help them for the next time that they're in a situation like this even even more. From last week in Chicago, I'm curious, a week after, just what kind of impact do you think last week will have on future schedules and where NASCAR will race in the future? Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest thing that, that for me was you're just praising NASCAR and Ben Kennedy and, and all the folks, the decision makers, Julie Giese, all the people that, that you know made that happen, especially after dealing with the, the challenging circumstances, but um, with the weather. But, you know, I think it just now the opportunities are sort of endless. If, if you know, if we could put on a street course race in, in downtown Chicago, then where can we go next? What can we do next? And, and I think uh, certainly comes at, at, at a good time as, as, you know, you look at TV negotiations and, and you know, trying to build the sport and, and what the future looks like. So, yeah, I, I think all of us in the sport were very excited, not to mention being able to, to race in those kinds of conditions, I mean that that was really really wet, and to be able to do it on a street course, pretty impressive. We're going to come over here to Jordan and then Kelly Crandall. As you can see, we've also been joined by winning crew chief Rudy Fugel, so he is also available for questions. Jordan Bianchi, right here. Jordan Bianchi with the Athletic. This question is for Jeff. It's, it's about Alex and Chase. You look at the the points position they're in; they theoretically could make it on points. They probably would have to have a lot of things go right. From an organizational standpoint, are you guys thinking that, hey, their path to the playoffs is still points, or are you changing that mindset of, hey, we need to win over these next seven weeks? I, I mean, I think Alex is closer than, than Chase is. I don't know, you know, what, where, where that – I haven't looked at the points af after today, but um, I know that, that we want to get wins, you know. That's that's how – because it's sort of one of those, those – situations where if you don't feel like you're capable of winning, how far are you really going to go in, in the playoffs? And so I know that those guys want to win, but they also had some, some situations that got them behind. So you get in any way you can, but it goes back to what I was talking about with, with the 24 team about you know, building momentum at the right time. And, and if you get it early, how do you maintain it? And for those guys, if, if they can, can you know, get some momentum going here quickly or you know, find a way to get to victory lane, then it's all about, you know, picking up their game when the playoffs come around. But when you look at uh, their, their situations with missing races, is there a little bit of any, any regret or anything of letting them do extracurricular stuff that, that kind of put them in this position? Well, I, I, I snowboarded my whole career um, on off weekends and, and over the off season. So, um, you know that that's that's I think takes care of that answer. Um, and and then you know you look at racing. I mean Williams on his way to to Slinger. You know to to go race there. And and that and and you know what we do is we talk to the drivers, talk to the crew chiefs. How does it impact you know them on Sundays? Is does it enhance what they're doing on Sundays? Do you support it? How's it fit in your schedule with your meetings and everything else? We don't look at it. You know. First and foremost, of, of hey, what are the risks and, and chances of getting hurt? We want to make sure they're in the best equipment possible, 
and and you know that uh, you know you, you take those precautions and you be smart about your decisions. I, I think it it has opened up some conversations about what we do later in the season, um, you know, around the playoffs. That that you know we're just we we want the drivers to be a part of the the decisions you know that happen there because we want to support them in what they do to either relax and enjoy life because you know you can't just surround yourself by nothing but driving race cars or you know you're going to have weaknesses I think in in your in your racing skills at some point in the season so I think it's it's as much about doing things that make you happy as it is about your race skill and fine tuning that. I'm going to come over here to Kelly. Kelly Crandall, Jeff, you mentioned a few minutes ago you've seen a spark with this team this year. You as well as anyone know that it's all about team chemistry and team dynamics. Can you just go into kind of what you've seen from this team that now it's all clicking and we're, we're seeing the version of William Byron that you all hired him for many years ago? Yeah, well, the first spark was when I saw this guy Remind me, was the day after Christmas, day after New Year's, which day was Christmas. day after Christmas. Uh, I was over at Hendrick Motorsports the day after Christmas, not expecting to see anybody there because I don't remember why I was there. <laughs> but uh, but I I can't. He was he was in his office working, you know. And I was like, man, I'm like, if you're working, you're gonna have a good year. And and we kind of lo- laughed and, and joked about it. But I think his commitment, dedication, is one. I think William also shows the same kind of commitment and dedication, and I think that just really spills out throughout the whole team. You know, when 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 somebody sees others putting in extra effort, then they don't want to be the weak link, and that could be the driver, the crew chief, a pit crew member, an engineer, whatever it may be. And I think that's what builds a strong unit is is when you know people are are just putting in as much effort as possible. And I mean, I think we've always known William had the talent. You know, it's just about getting the experience as a, as a young driver racing it at this level, getting them with, you know, somebody that believes in them and, and is providing the car, and, and now the pit crew is, is, you know, crushing it. So they just seem like a complete team, you know, to me. I, I don't want to jinx it because I want them, you know, it's a long season, as I mentioned earlier, and it's all about you got you to gotta keep that momentum going all the way through the playoffs. You can't, you know, this is great, and I love what they're doing. And I really believe in them, you know, to, to, to do it all the way through the end of the season. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to rave on them too much because uh, I want them to, to keep digging. But I know they will. I know they will. They'll, they'll be head down digging. Long way to go. Yeah. Come back over here. We have two questions on this side. Yeah. Yes, uh, Steve Harmer with the AJC for Rudy. Um, how do you rate yourself as a meteorologist, and could you kind of recount how, what the, I guess the strategy and the decisions were toward the end as you see the blob coming your way? I'm terrible. I was, I was probably 20 laps off, so whatever that was in time, I'm, I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> my wife's an earth science teacher, did some meteorology stuff. I was hoping I'd, you know, some of that would rub off, but it, it hasn't, so I uh, still have a ways to go. Yeah, I mean, where we were running, it was it made some decisions easier. Some things fell in, in our lap, you know, running uh, right around 20th. Um, our car wasn't handling great, so um, we saw a bunch of cars come half of the field in front of us. Um, about 10 of the top 20 came down, so we copied them. We had already just pit, so we took rights and jumped those. 
Um, so then we were we ran that next round to the end of the stage, and we stayed in our position okay, um, and it made it easy to stay out because we could go to you know about we we were projecting we could go to two. Uh, 210, but then as he took the lead and he ran wide open for <laughs> those 20 laps, it was closer to 200, but still it was, we had a ways to go. Steven, do you still have a question? Steven Toronto, CBS Sports. This question will be for Jeff. This is now the first time, or this is the most wins that the 24 car has had since you had four back in 2014. And we talked a little bit about the big picture impact that Chicago had last week, but speaking big picture, there are still a lot of people both inside and outside of the sport who recognize NASCAR from your accomplishments driving the 24. So in terms of the big picture, what do you think it does for NASCAR to have, you know, the 24 car, your car, you know, competing for wins week in, week out, and being among the cars that's in contention for the, for the championship? Well, well, first of all, I think William you know, does an amazing job representing the 24 and, and Hendrick and the sport in general, um, you know, as a competitor as as well as just a, a you know a, a fine young man. But um, I, I, and our sponsors as well love him. But you know, to to me right now, it's about building superstars and recognizable faces and names. That's what's going to help grow the sport. We've we've lost a lot of them. Um, you know, in a short period of time, and it's about building them back up. And I think William is, is on the cusp of doing that by going to Victor Lane, winning races, and, and you know, leading as many laps as he has. And, and that just opens up more doors and opportunities to, to get him in front of, of more, um, you know, kind of mainstream media or get his, get his face and name out there that I think will continue to help grow the sport. It's come along at a, at, a, at a great time. Not to mention I run into a lot of 24 fans all the time that say they miss me not being out there, and, and I just quickly were, you know, say, well, yeah, but you're a William Byron fan, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So I know they're really happy that <laughs> that 24 with William are, is still getting it done out there. And, and when, you, and when we, you, talk, you talk about William dealing with more, you know, being more of a mainstream face, you know, you did a lot of that during your career just because you were so recognizable. So what have you told him and what do you tell him now about dealing with that? Well, it's just the opportunities have to present themselves, you know, and, and it, it can come through a sponsor. It can come through maybe something that NASCAR, you know, has set up or it comes from winning races or, you know, something that, that um, you know, sort of resonates with either mainstream media or the fans or, or fans that are outside the sport, casual fans. So, you know, I just, I just tell them, keep doing what you're doing, but I, I, I think I've made this, you know, pretty clear in the past. I do want our drivers, you know, to, to reach just slightly outside their comfort zone when it comes to the media and, and opportunities just so, um, you know, they can open up more doors for their own brand and, and it helps us sell sponsors and I think it helps grow the sport. Thanks, Jeff. All right, we're going to come back over here to Kelly. Rudy, when he spun through the infield earlier, how much damage did that do, I would assume, to the underbody of the car? Because from the naked eye, it didn't look like any of the fenders or anything were damaged. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so it, it ripped out the crush panel when they got the flat tire. The flat tire did all the damage. Um, it ripped out the crush panel, so that's that's a decent amount of uh, damage. Not Probably not as as much of a detriment as maybe the old car, but uh, some, and then the whole front of the diffuser um, was the biggest part. It's, it was it's pretty destroyed from the tire coming apart. So 
I'm sure we lost a lot of downforce. It probably helped some of our um, overall speed, maybe, but the, the downforce made our handling worse and why we struggled to get back to the front. So definitely, uh, definitely not what we wanted to do. I'm going to wrap up with Justin. <clears throat> Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Uh, just one other question for you, Jeff. Um, in here earlier, we had Goodyear announcing that this was going to be their 2000th Cup winner uh, with them being in the sport for so long and so loyal. The 1000th winner was another 24 car driven by you. <laughs> so uh, what's that like for, for you, just uh, for Byron to keep that legacy with those milestones like that? Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, you know, we... we uh, we spent some time with, with some of the folks at Goodyear over in Lamont with the Garage 56 project. They, you know, they did a tremendous job with, with that. It just reminded me of, of all the work that they put in over the years, you know, for NASCAR. I, I think that these high banked oval tracks, whether it's Bristol or here, um, you know, brake heat, whatever it is, it's not an easy type of race car or conditions to build a tire for. So, um, you know, give them a lot of credit for what they do. And, um, you know, we're certainly very proud to, to represent them. And, and I, I didn't know about the 1,000th the um, until a couple of weeks ago when they said, hey, we're coming up on 2,000. And um, when that happened today and I saw Stu Grant and that cool trophy that they gave William, I realized it's 24-24. I love it. Uh, keep, keep, hope, I hope uh, William gets 3,000. Can you get to 3,000? <laughs> I, I'm He's not so going young. To. Yeah, maybe Rudy won't I'm be not here. Going to. I won't be here. Rudy might not, but William, he's young enough. You're you're 15, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you both very much. Thank Congratulations, you. gentlemen. We are now joined by our race winner today, William Byron. We are going to go straight to questions from the media. Please raise your hand. Wait for the wireless mic, and we'll get right to you. Who would like to be first? Kelly Crandall, winner. Kelly Crandall, race.com. Um, I asked Rudy. Rudy had a good idea, of course, of the damage to the car when you spun. What were you thinking when you spun, and did the car feel any differently at that point? Yeah, when I spun, I was like... Oh, here we go. We're flying through the infield. And then uh, I was kind of looking towards the, the right side of the car, just thinking about, okay, can I let it roll and not lock the tires up on the, the asphalt to try to keep them up. Uh, but then I saw the, the wall was coming quick. So I kind of um, I kind of let go of the brake for a minute and then locked it down. And I knew at that point I was probably going to have flats. And it was just when I tried to get spun around, it was really hard to get spun around. So I knew I knew probably a right side tire was flat and, it was the right rear, and then I was trying to catch up, and, you know, as you do that, everything gets torn up, uh, so it, it, it destroyed some of the floor and the crush panel and everything, so it was, um, yeah, not good, you know, because this car really relies on all that, so it, it was uh, not good at that moment, but lost the lap, changed tires, and then at that point, I was just, the conversation with Rudy was just about, okay, you know, we're probably going to have to make some pretty big adjustments here because the car's not going to drive good. You know, it was pretty balanced before that point. thought we were one of the better cars, just a little bit free back in traffic after the penalty, but we were making good time. And then uh, so we, we made a lot of adjustments. We we changed a lot of things, um, you know, rounds in the, all four corners and probably air pressure too, and then uh, 
got it to where it was competitive. It was competitive for 15 laps, and then I was just kind of on pins and needles after that, and I would make some mistakes because I just couldn't either I'd put myself in some bad positions arrow-wise and lose grip or uh, or just not trust the car. So I knew when we got out front, um, we were in the probably the lower teens, like 12th, 13th running, and we were doing okay, but I knew when we got out front we'd have more air on the car and we'd be okay. Um, and then it was just about playing the air game with my spotter, Brandon, uh, trying to manage all of that. We knew weather from the start of the night was going to come into play probably at some point. From the outside looking in, that was a very chaotic, entertaining race. Behind the wheel, as you get closer to halfway and then you get past halfway, how chaotic is it for you to constantly keep getting weather updates? And are you on the edge of your seat as well, so to speak, of, you know, is, is the next call going to be we're done? Do I have to keep making moves? What are you going through? Yeah, I honestly don't get too excited. Um, I feel like... You know, for me, um, I've never had a rain win, so I was like, sure enough, it's with me leading, this isn't going to happen like this. So I'm like, just thinking about what lane I'm going to choose. I think as soon as the caution came out, I asked, you know, what? okay, what lane are we going to choose? Because I didn't even want to think about, you know, possibility of rain and, you know, coming down pit road. All that was secondary to me. I was just thinking about, okay, how can we control the race so then when the next caution comes out for rain, we're in a good spot. But um, so I started thinking about that, and then my spotter and, and Rudy as well was, you know, Brandon and Rudy were both talking about, okay, it's starting to rain around the track, and um, I started to get some drops on the windshield. So I was like, okay, we're probably going to get some drops, and then it's going to stall, and then we're going to go back again. So I just kept thinking that way, and then even when I got out of the car, I kept thinking that way, and eventually when we got over there, I knew it was official, and um, then you start to feel better about it, but uh, yeah, it takes a long time. For me, I'm just trying to stay locked in the race. We'll go Justin, then Lee. So is Jeff going to make you sit in a calendar and count up 3,000 races? <laughs> as long as they'll have me. I'll keep, I'll keep going. Hopefully I can get to 3,000. That seems like a lot of races, so um, yeah, I don't know how many how many years that is, but uh, I'm, I'm willing to do it as long as I can, so... <laughs> I, I love love what I do and hopefully uh, hopefully keep doing it. I'm, you know, I just like to race and feel like I'm just this year starting to just kind of understand the flow of everything and and uh, it's starting to click. So it's been a good good year. But like someone told me in a meet and greet today, they're like, "How many races are in a year?" And I was like, "38." And, and you know, a couple exhibition and we're on 19. I'm like, "Okay, well." We still have like half a season to go, so everything we've done to this point's great, but we still if we suck from here on out, it's not going to be fun, so hopefully we just keep it going um and then the last uh, three races, we really only saw two wide racing, you know attempts to get the third lane going and never could it go could get it running tonight. We saw that as the dominant lane to be in. Were you surprised by that Did that catch you off guard at how well that third lane worked? Yeah, it had to get cleaned off. Uh, it was definitely grayer up there, um, but you can count on Reddick to clean it off. You know, he goes there right away, which is amazing. But I think he uh, he kind of cleaned off the entry, and then it started kind of um, it started cleaning off. You know, center off got a little bit cleaner, a little bit cleaner, and then I think handling was just a big enough issue. Where I mean, I don't, I don't think if handling wasn't an issue, you're still going to see too wide because the car has so much drag that you can run the bottom two lanes and, and not ever get a run on the outside. But the fact that handling and how much we were lifting, 
um, you know, made it a three-wide race, and really it was just about trying to find clean air, which was what made your car handle better. Lee Spencer, catch fence. I'm kind of surprised you're six years in and you're still trying to find your rhythm. I mean, <laughs> it's not like you're a rookie anymore. Yeah, I just think uh, I just haven't raced a lot in my career, so um, getting a later start, I think every race is a learning experience, and obviously I'm comfortable um, with a lot of things, but you know, if I go and race something else, I'm very comfortable. But these are the best guys, and it takes uh, it takes every little detail. So I think still inching up on those things, still getting better. There's a lot. I thought tonight there was a lot of things I could have done better. Pit road speed um, decisions. I think there's still a lot of things you can improve, but we're on the right track. And, and getting a win this late in the season, what kind of confidence does that give you going into? New Hampshire, going into Pocono. I mean, New Hampshire, you're still looking for your first top ten. Yeah, New Hampshire's tough for us. It's, it was great all the way until I got to the Cup Series, and I thought, man, I'm really good at this track. And then I got against all the Cup guys, and I'm like, no, I'm not, not very good here. So I got a truck win early, and I think that kind of helped make me overconfident that I was really good there. And I think uh, just inching up on little details here and there. Um, and I thought we had a really good sim session at, at uh, Loudoun, last week so I think we're confident going in there I'm sure you know I'm sure the 19 is going to be fast I think there's going to be a few other guys that are that were good at gateway um the 11 so I think it's going to be tough but um but yeah that's certainly one we circled on the calendar we've done a lot of sim work for so uh hopefully hopefully all that stuff pays off and we show up fast a little bit yeah I think it's probably the closest thing we've had lately um, I would say that maybe a little bit of Nashville and then obviously Phoenix, you know, but that was way, bef way back. So I think a lot's changed since Phoenix, but, um, I feel good about our car. I thought, I thought, you know, if, if the sim is close, I think, I think we did a lot of good things. Uh, next one in the very back of the room. Hey, William, doing with the three point conversion. Um, <clears throat> what was your thought process after the infield spin condition of the car, the rain coming? How did you pull off a win, or how do you keep composure with all that? Yeah, I mean, first it starts with, you know, just the basics, just getting, you know, getting to pit road, not tearing up the car, even even worse. I think I, I went a little bit fast at first to try to get caught up and then tore up some stuff, so then I took it easy around the apron and... Um, you know, when I got to pit road, I realized they were they were you know taking a lot of stuff out of the right side of the car um, that had been torn up. So I thought, man, it's, it's probably pretty hurt. You know, if they're trying to you know peel off parts of the car to to clearance it, and um, it was. You know, I think the car was damaged for sure, uh, but we were able to change the balance enough to where it got manageable. And like I said, we were able to get the balance to where we could drive it and we just weren't the most aggressive out there but we could um you know make some moves congratulations on the win thank you we'll come up here dominic Carter going with the racing experts in espn radio albuquerque so when you look back on this race let's say a week from now a month from now down the road what do you think you're going to remember the most about it just the perseverance you know by the team i think um it's easy to give up kind of pack it in just be like, okay, we're a lap down, but 
you know, we'll try to get the lucky dog, tr try to have a solid finish, but we kept working on the car. We got aggressive with the changes to try to make the car, you know, have a better balance and then got aggressive with the strategy too. So I think um, it's, and I could tell in Rudy's tone, he never gave up and he was constantly pumping me up saying the cars, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Just go, go drive, drive the heck out of it and see what happens. And, uh, some of that motivation was great, and then I'd get in the corner, and it would be loose, and I'm like, still not quite there, but it was uh, it was okay. I think that we worked together really, really well. Over here, Matt Weaver. Matt Weaver, Sports Knot. Um, we had Jeff in here earlier, and he had talked about this kind of multi-year narrative about trying to get you to come out of your shell or just showing us something, whatever that something is. I'm curious, what has the process been like with with Jeff and, and really all the marketing people at Hendrick, and what are they trying to pull out of you exactly? I don't know. I'm pretty <laughs> reserved, so I'm introverted, and um, but I think just being more comfortable, you know, in my in around the racetrack in my environment. So I think being being with the team is what what drives me. When I get up every day, it's about how can I get better as a race car driver, and so I try to focus on that goal. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys have that same goal, but for me, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's what I think about. It's it's what drove me to get into this sport. So that's really what I follow is just my desire to to be a better driver. And um, yeah, I think they they recognize that my work ethic and um, the things that I want to do to get better. So I uh, just try to be comfortable with that. And I've surrounded myself with people that believe in that and and want to. Um, nurture that and, and help support it. So I think Rudy and I have a good process during the week, and um, I think Jeff and I have a great relationship. So it's just about trying to uh, trying to win more races and, and then, yeah, show, you know, be excited and be happy that those moments happen. But, um, yeah, for me it's all about the, kind of the process and the work. And then speaking of winning races, uh, you're the defending winner of the Slinger Nationals, headed back there on Hell yeah. Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> speaking of personality and, and winning races, right? Yeah. Um, what, what's so cool about that event? Why is it on the radar? It's midweek, obviously, and how do you feel about your chances uh, with camping? Yeah, I feel good about it. Um, still a little bit pissed off at the last race <laughs> that ran a super, got got moved and uh, finished second. So, uh, yeah, excited to get back in those cars. Um, I think the Slinger Nationals is going to be really competitive this year. I think Eric's running well. Uh, he's got his stuff good, and uh, Chase is going to be up there, Matt. So, and then, I, you know, the whole cast of characters up there. So, yeah, there's a lot of local guys that are fast, too. And I think um, the thing I learned last year is just try to keep my heart rate in check. It's it's easy to get worn out there. So, um, you know, hopefully I, I don't fall out of the seat and I can uh, do a good job for the team. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I haven't ran a late model, a super late model in a few months. It's kind of been a, you know, it's been a, a couple months of just personal stuff and none of the races really lined up for me to run. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a busy, busy week, but it'll be fun. Yeah, see ya. And we will close in the middle here with the Bob. Oh no, we'll go to Bob, the Bob Pockris, and then we'll close with Kelly. Got it in just in time. Uh, Bob Pockris, Fox Sports. I want to say you're 21 points ahead of Truex now for the in the regular season. Just how much uh, have, have you been looking at these points every week just to see about the regular season title? Uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely look at it. You know, there's no no doubt about it. I look at racing reference and look at all the top fives, top tens, and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I think Truex has been running really well, and it's just a matter of us performing well. Uh, I feel like if we can 
if we can perform at a high level, we put ourselves in position to uh, run up front and get stage points. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a long – we still got, what, six, seven races till the playoffs, and uh, we just got to keep inching up on it. We can't have any bad – major bad weeks. And this looked like it was going to be a bad week, and, and we overcame it. So it's a good – Good lesson to learn, but I think we're coming up on two tough tracks that we gotta really hone in on uh, with Pocono and Loudon. So uh, I know that you know 19 is gonna be fast there, and all the JGR cars. So we gotta keep it up. Kelly, what is it about Rudy and his personality that is good for you, that works for you? Yeah, I think he's just no nonsense. I mean, it's just it's just it's just facts, and it's it's what it. What can we do to go faster so I don't have to worry about him, you know, he just shoots me straight. He just talks about what we need to do better, and I feel like that works really well for, for me because I'm honestly similar. Um, so I think we're similar in some ways, and then, you know, on a professional side and then on a personal side, we we keep up with each other. Um, but we're not, like, hanging out getting beers, but we uh, we certainly have grown closer on that side, but I think – in a professional sense, we just work really well. And then to end this on a fun note, we all know Ashley's mean, so how much grief did she give you about winning on her birthday? Yeah, she. we're going to get marked, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right. Thank you very much, yeah, William. Thank you. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. I know you didn't get to hear all of it, if you was listening to it live, but this was the end. We, you only missed the last three minutes, two minutes and a half. So appreciate it, guys. Hey, uh, keep that light shining. Remember, we'll be back Thursday. Got a great guest for Thursday, man. Tune in. Old school, big time winner. Get ready.